Hello and welcome to another episode of Unauthorized Cinnamon, a Deadwood podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Herman. I'm Harry J. Perales, the other. And today we have a special guest host with us, Mr. Gabriel Dieter of the Revenge of the World podcast. How special? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you are special relative to when we have no one. Can you can you accept that compliment? Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm the third wheel. Right. You're among fellow like uh, refusers of credit or compliments. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah. Um, uh, Revenge of the World is another one of the Mockingbird Network podcasts. It's a really good podcast. I'll admit I've only listened to like two of them since you guys joined us. Hey, uh, who's counting? But it's, <laughs> but it's a really good podcast. Uh, if you're into the weird or the the, how would you explain Revenge? Why don't I let you do it since you've done over 100 episodes of? It's like uh, Milo Yiannopoulos meets Pizzagate meets Alex Jones. Well, thank you for but coming, the opposite Gabriel. of that. <laughs> the, the complete opposite of that. Those are your, so, but, but for people who aren't, <laughs> those are my pen pals, uh, racist pedophiles. <laughs> uh, all right, well, it can only go uphill from here. <laughs> After a mention of Milo, and that, uh, that's what happens when I plug my own show. <laughs> all right, so uh, Gabe, what's like your history with Deadwood? What's uh, how'd you come <clears throat> to it? How'd you watch it? I bought the box set from Vietnam on eBay. <laughs> And uh, got thoroughly engrossed in it, and I, th- I think one of the discs was scratched, oh. and I literally, no, I didn't literally cry, but I felt like crying, because it held cried. up It held up my watching for another, I think, three weeks until yeah. <laughs> the new disc came in, but uh, yeah, I was just passionate about it. It's thoroughly enjoyable from beginning to end. Every episode. But uh, when was this that you watched it? Was this after its run? Was it concurrent? Uh, I think it was about 08. Okay, so it had been off the air for like that. Yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. Well, cool. So did you know, like, as it was ending, like, did you know that it was over and, like, the history yeah, already, behind it? I already knew it was over, but... uh, uh I or... meant, like, just the production history. And oh, no, and no, that. not really. And uh, so you, you knew, had you heard that it was, like, kind of a... It ended prematurely? Yes. So how how did you feel about it? Well, as a as a viewer <sighs> after the fact, uh, I didn't feel great about it, but uh, <laughs> I always hoped that they'd come back with a movie, however long it takes. Yeah, you know, I'm still burning that candle. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we even all. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen, but it sounds like all the actors are hoping to. <laughs> yeah, just got to get David Milch off his ass. <laughs> what is he doing? No, I don't. I don't know that he's doing anything. Uh, Let's see, the last thing it says he did was a TV movie called The Money in 2014, hmm. and on IMDb it has Deadwood announced as the latest thing. Wow! Uh, so it's IMDb official for whatever mm-hmm. that counts for. Yeah, I have seen a. I have seen a Ian McShane on like a different interview saying, "No, it's dead. It's done. No, it's it's dead." Like really? uh, I think John Stewart was trying to fuck ask about Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> trying to ask, he was like, "No, it's dead." Well, no, let's talk about this. Well, there was there was another thing he was. I, I saw that interview. Yeah, yeah. I think where he was talking about Kingdom or something like Kings that. that uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that that was short lived. Yeah, <laughs> had 
I, I don't know, man. Ian McShane's really tr- like tested my my uh, loyalty to him. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. Watching everything he makes. Yeah. He was a uh, <laughs> he was good on uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, as the. Uh... <laughs> Giving a giving the hound that first blood storyline, right? <laughs> and, and then he gets killed. Yeah. Spoiler alert! God, it was so fast. Yeah. I was like, for Christ's yeah. sake, give us two episodes. We're talking about life here, man. <laughs> and he was really good. Excuse yeah, he was really good. Uh, he was. Uh... Anyway, why don't we dive in to episode eleven of the first season? Jules' boot is made for walking. Which I think uh, the title <laughs> is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is the worst title of the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We gave a lot of crap to Bullock Returns to the Camp, <laughs> but this is just like every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that fucking yeah. title. Now speaking of Ricky J, this is he gets a writing credit on this episode. Oh yeah, this is written by Ricky J. Oh wow. I don't know how much writing credits really count for mm-hmm. in this series, but he gets one. It was just a magic trick. He just made his name appear. <laughs> yeah. blew everybody's mind. Dave Meltzer's Dave like, Milch- keep it. He's just watching. He's like, how the hell did that get there? <laughs> the guy's good. The guy's yeah. good. <laughs> Leave it. Uh, so we open up on Al, and he's talking to Trixie in his room he's telling the story of a slob mick cop because he can't describe a person without <laughs> just like saying what ethnicity they are uh he's saying how he tried to extort him when he was uh you know going to get the uh whores for the gem he, he went to this this orphanage where he grew up or it was an orphanage near where he grew up because mm-hmm. it was an all boys orphanage where he was but this you know, cop tried to extort him for 35 bucks. And he's talking about how this cop, you know, came around every day for a free meal and to get his prick sucked uh, in his weekly 20 fucking dollars. Uh, so this gives a little bit more backstory to Al. And this is who the warrant, like, who uh, Al's got a warrant out for him. Mm-hmm. That the magistrate Claggett is. And Adams is trying to deal with that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's already doing um, he's starting to. Well, later in the episode, they decide. Oh yeah, no, that's right. That's they right, decide right. how they're going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we we saw in earlier episodes like this. This uh, the magistrates already got five thousand out of him, mm-hmm. and now he wants more money. <laughs> five more. Yeah, so he's like, uh, "This is what happened. It was this corrupt cop in Chicago that was like extorting orphan." whores like this is pretty low mm-hmm. on the totem pole and i was like this is the guy that i'm getting screwed over killing like someone who <laughs> nobody missed he asked trixie what she you know sees out the window and she sees jewel oh she, i think said like eb just slithered in here yeah <laughs> she said jewel just left and i was like where the fuck is jewel going she's like i don't i don't know i was wondering watching that how far down the street she could see jewel what to the doctor. Uh, yeah. Uh, and if she saw her fall. <laughs> well, she didn't. I think it's... Well, the street. Yeah, I think at the end, like, Al calls her over to bed and starts having yeah, sex yeah. with her oh, again. Yeah. That's true. So he didn't see her uh, misadventure. But yeah, the, also Al tells Trixie, like, hey, why don't you take half a day? Because mm-hmm. we're still dealing with Trixie's depression. And he's kind of like, oh, go visit the little child, the uh, Sophia. 
Yeah. Sally fucking forth yeah. <laughs> because he can't. Uh, he's like trying to like, uh, yeah. hide the fact that he really cares about her and right. wants her to like take care of herself. <laughs> he's and like, what does she go and do? Yeah, yeah. he gets uh, he gets poorly repaid. Yeah. Although that's, I mean, that's a bad way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> but well, then well, it's also funny because he's also like go out there, but first come to bed. Yeah. <laughs> You know, go out, have fun, but oh, also suck my yeah. dick. Like, <laughs> I'm a tough man still. <laughs> uh, but then we see the thoroughfare, and it's a really heartbreaking scene of Jewel making her way to Doc's. Mm-hmm. That fucking bitch folding her laundry, I thought was going to, like, at least throw I, her a hand, you know? But I was going to ask about, the, there's, like, the Chinese woman. Yeah. The look on her face, I couldn't. I couldn't tell if it was a what I think you're thinking, where she just like looks at her like, even oh how amusing, <laughs> even these the Chinese uh, population is looked down upon by all the white people, mm-hmm. all the people in power in camp, right. and now she's also looking out at her. Or I didn't know if she was looking at her because when I saw the look at her face at first, I thought she was going to go down and help. Yeah, like she mm-hmm. felt bad for mm-hmm. her, but. Also, like, if she did, she might get yelled at for, like, touching Jewel right. or, you know, like, either Jewel would be like, don't touch me, you filthy yeah, she do- yeah, she doesn't know how, and she doesn't, knowing that she, you know, came out of the gem, you know, obviously you see on her face that, like, her humanistic kind of, or, you know, her humanity would make her want to help, but she's like, it's just not worth it for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I I honestly didn't know, because it's a bit hard to read mm-hmm. the expression, but... um Anyway, yeah, like some hoopalhead starts like making fun of her. Man, the old West was like high school, dude. Yeah, like, with all yeah. the people that are like making fun of the Reverend that one episode, like, right. yeah. like God damn. Mm-hmm. They say our they say millennials are bad, <laughs> but these people are mocking uh, the handicapped and the ailing. <laughs> but uh, so she gets to docks and. He opens the door and he's kind of like horrified. Like, why is he making you come all the way out here? And she's like, no, I came on my own. She tries to show him this book where the mm-hmm. where the sketch of the brace is. And he's like, but it's a Civil War book. And he's yeah. like, no, I don't have to look. At, I'm not going to look at that. I was fucking there. I don't have to look. And she's like, no, please just look at this thing. It might help me walk better. Uh, but it's, uh, So he explains to her like, okay, look. The guy in this picture, he was able-bodied before he got this brace. Like, his leg got shot up, and they were trying to help him regain his uh, mobility where you lack the, you know, coordination that it would take to, you know, actually walk correctly. And I don't know if this is going to... She has a really heartbreaking line. Like, I was just looking at the picture, and like, Mm -hmm. oh, man... (laughs) Like, what's she do for fun over at the gems? Read through a Civil War book and look at the pictures? <laughs> it uh, it struck me how patient she was after... It had to be some effort to even get down to yeah. his, his shack. <laughs> for him to just be like, get that yeah, out of here. And then yeah. she was like, oh, but, you know, nicely. Like, oh, mm-hmm. wait, let me show you this. And yeah. <sighs> she. Uh, I th- this fucking episode pulled in my heartstrings, like, <laughs> at least... I don't know, six times? This show will do that, man. <laughs> it's crazy. That show is, is bad. It's funny, <laughs> and it's sad, and it's rough. Did you watch the episode after this one? No. no. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these storylines pay off in ways that are very rough on the tear ducts. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember <laughs> I remember roughly what it, what happens after. Uh, but yeah, he, she says, like, you know... 
dragging my foot makes Al crazy. He just says, fuck Al. Yeah. It's like, everybody's got limits. You dragging your leg is yours, which is, mm-hmm. that sounds like Milch trying to give us a life philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which I don't, you know, necessarily disagree with. She says, all right, sorry. And Doc has to be like, don't apologize to me. <laughs> you know, Jules so used to being berated, mm-hmm. berated mornings yeah. by Al and yelled at by everyone else that he has to be like, you don't have to apologize for everything. Just fucking. Uh. When I was reading some of the recaps, I believe this was Alan Sepinwall's recap. He, he says, Doc struggles with something that informs all the other stories of this episode, how do you know that trying to make a situation better won't actually make it considerably worse? Throughout the episode, situations that various characters would have considered improvements, in theory, to uh, turn out to be major problems in reality. And we'll see that a couple of times. Like, almost dead. Mm-hmm. Trixie trying to have a nice time. But first, we get to the thoroughfare, and a stagecoach has arrived for Merrick. <laughs> Merrick shouts, Momentous! <laughs> As you do. <laughs> Me and Harry were watching this earlier today. It's, it, he's running around like, Oh, be careful with the... Oh, and he's just being a real like uh, hemorrhoid about it. <laughs> being and, a real us about it. Yeah, I was like, I was like, look at this fucking. And I was like, that that's definitely me. <laughs> I definitely yeah. do that sort of thing where it's like uh, my Star Trek box set. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, he's got himself a camera now, which uh, uh, it's in. He's going to use for the rest of the series. <laughs> Yes, much to the other character's dismay. (laughs) But it is an American optical back focus single swing with a Meyer Gorlitz trio plan 10mm lens. (laughs) And uh, what William Henry Fox Talbot would have achieved in service of such a fine apparatus. (laughs) Can you guys even imagine? I can't. (laughs) Sounds like a real piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) It probably fucking sucks. But it's like the best thing in the world. Uh, But then he's also... like cringing at the guys that like don't give a shit about his camera, <laughs> like hammering the thing closed, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, good." <laughs> Yet he doesn't offer to carry it himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, Philistines, be careful! Uh, now we go to the Grain Central, a restaurant, and uh, Charlie's having lunch with Joni, which is mm-hmm. still like delightful. Uh, <laughs> He leans forward, because it's still crowded in there and uh, uh, too many people, and he leans forward and bites his tongue. <laughs> he has to again bite his tongue mm-hmm. when Sophia walks by, just keeps himself from swearing. Mm-hmm. Like, bit my damn... Oh, oh sorry, little... You know, like, <laughs> bit my damn tongue. He just threw, threw off my chewing ankle, <laughs> which I don't <laughs> understand. Anyway, Joni's telling him, it's like, oh, I might have found a solution to my backing as far as my business he's she's referring to like eddie's gonna start robbing Cy mm-hmm. apparently mm-hmm. which just seems like a really terrible idea he had quit before right he, he just kind of like took a breather a few days yeah, yeah after yeah. the children were murdered in front of him oh yeah as we might you know we might need to take a, mm-hmm. a, a brief respite. sabbatical <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah she tells him oh i might find a new way with my backing and it's he gives him this little he gives her this little look like 
I uh, thought location was the issue with that. <laughs> and she says, I, I think the financial backing was making me slow down my search because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wasn't sure about it. But this seems better. And Charlie just laments seemingly out of nowhere other than they need to bring this up. In the episode, he says, I don't think I'm making too many friends in my capacity as fire marshal. And we will see that later. Uh, but we go to the table with Ellsworth and Almond's Fia. And Ellsworth says that he's pretty much picked all the gold he can from like the creek and from the surface. Uh, and he says they're, they're going to have to sink some shafts to get to the actual meat of the claim. And he says, I, I'll, you know, I'll keep working at it just to, you know, keep up your rights to the claim. But uh, we're going to have to do some more and I don't know how to do that. And she has a little moment where she, you know, assures him that she wants him to stay on as her employee. And she, you know, says, I very much enjoy your company. And he says, oh, well, I, I do like your company, too. And she, like, puts her hand on his and, like, Sophia kind of looks up. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, heartwarming little moment. And then he says, like, I'll just say it once. I'm, I know I'm too damn old for you. <laughs> uh, but uh, at that point, Alma's dad shows up, Otis Russell. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> Mr. Matthews from, <laughs> from Boy Meets World. I couldn't see anything else but Mr. Matthews from Boy Meets World in him. Like, I could not suspend disbelief. I know. I never watched that show. (laughs) He was Corey's dad in Boy Meets World. It was fucking me up when I first watched it because it just, he's one of those, like, white dads that just kind of, like, melded in with a whole bunch of other white dads in the 90s. Like, I was like, was that Clarissa's dad? No, it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, he, he. Kisses her on the mouth when he comes in, which makes Ellsworth kind of go, oh, damn. Like, right, <laughs> weird. right as I was saying that. And he says, I take a father's liberty. And Joni, like right after he says that, Joni kind of gives a look and turns around. And with her backstory, we find out next episode, it's she can tell a real shit ass when she spots one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Ellsworth... Uh, you know, takes his his leave of them and uh, gives Sophie a little stick out of the tongue mm-hmm. as he leaves. And Otis does this little fine manners to Alma, which I saw as a shitty little dig at Ellsworth, which I do not appreciate one bit. Mm-hmm. I'll say Ellsworth is twice his comeuppance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he will. I was like, Ellsworth, you're not half the man Ellsworth is. <laughs> I don't care how many fine tailored suits you have. Yeah, did you notice in the scene where Mar- Mark's getting the camera, um, Otis, or he uh, steps off of like the stagecoach and just like looks, there's like an open space between like Merrick and the stagecoach and you can, he just like, you can see it's him, but he just walks away and he's like, oh, it's, yeah, what's, what's, what's Corey's dad doing on this show? There's an extra on this show. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I pictured he'd look at Merrick and be like, oh, fucking dork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we go to the pest tent, and the pest tent's being dismantled and burned. The last of the plague uh, sufferers is gone. The plague is passed. We're done with that. Uh, Andy Crane shows up. Uh, he's looking to work. He, he talks to the Reverend and says, uh, it's me, Andy Crane, because... Reverend doesn't recognize him probably because yeah. of his um, illness. And Andy explains that, you know, I tried to go around to the other camps, but I kept 
falling into trouble. Like, And he says, I, I wanted to try and work here where I was able to be good, but you're dismantling the tent. And you can see him kind of go, where's the fucking dice? <laughs> <laughs> I need some dice, man. Uh, and Reverend says, like, look, look to the Lord. He'll help you out. And Andy asked him, like, can you help me pray? You can see kind of reverence finally, like, oh, thank God. I thought you'd never <laughs> ask. Like, <laughs> this is my shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he tries. He starts walking him through uh, St. Francis of Assisi's prayer. And he says, Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand rather to be understood, to love than to be loved. But he can't remember the rest. So mm-hmm. this was kind of the final scene of cogency from the reverend mm-hmm. um, and he can't even do the thing that he's best at and the thing that gives him the most joy in life mm-hmm. that that prayer that he's doing the prayer of saint francis it ends uh for it is by self-forgetting that one finds it is by forgiving that one is forgiven it is by dying that one awakens to eternal life all right, I'm going to give myself a big wank motion, but like this is like new in jazz. It's like, oh, it's the notes are no, not playing. Like This mm-hmm. is Milch, the words he's not putting in are what speak the most to the episode, mm-hmm. or this episode and the next. Mm-hmm. That uh, by humbling yourself is when you get exalted. Anyway, uh, we move on to the gem, and Dane's jealous. <laughs> Dane's <laughs> jealous of Adams. <laughs> he's all like, Mm, you look like your mother fucked a monkey. <laughs> and Johnny's <laughs> nice like, <laughs> and Johnny's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> EB tries to like reassure him. It's like, <laughs> it's the one like uh, humane thing I've ever seen uh, EB do. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> not only is he being like nice, he's also well, he's not correct, but yeah, yeah, he's he's actually giving useful information, mm-hmm. which is rare for him. But yeah, he says, uh, oh, he's just measuring up the bag man because he, uh, Claggett turned Judas and his warmth was counterfeit. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, Al's, Al's out on his balcony and he sees Adam's writing in. I don't know if you guys caught this, but he kind of like hurries downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> like sees him and is like, oh, <laughs> and then once he gets down, he's all like, hmm, what? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I think, like, Adam says, like, evening or morning or whatever, and he, like, Al just looks at EB first. I think he's, oh, Adams, are you here? I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that he's excited at a new relationship with a guy that he likes. <laughs> yeah, so he asked Jewel for some coffee, and he's like, what were you, where were you, where were you? And it's like, at the docks, she brings the coffee, says, let me pour. He has to make some distance before sundown, which would be... Uh, the biggest dick move ever if it were Cy Tolliver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's Al Swearingen, so it's like, aw, he's having fun. But he, and he asked her, like, what were you doing at Doc's? And she says, I've knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> he just stares at her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just looks at her. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's great, like, and again, we've talked a lot of it. We can probably stop talking about the differences between Al and Cy, but yeah. You could never see maybe Eddie. I think Eddie made a joke about Cy giving himself a hand job. But like I don't see any of Cy Tolliver's whores making a joke at him. Yeah. No. Without getting like Cy's like the most unlikable character in the series for me. Because yeah. he's just he's loathsome, you know? 
<laughs> and fuck yeah. that guy royally. I mean, uh, what's it? Powers Booth, right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking amazing actor. <laughs> and he has the power. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> but he, uh, he has the powers to make you hate him. And yeah. it seems easy for him. I don't know what it is. <laughs> sure does. Just that voice. God. <laughs> well, how do you fucking die? <laughs> I want to just have Powers Booth read, like, children's nursery rhymes. Yeah. And make them just... condescending like, and, like, evil. <laughs> Little Miss Muffet's having a fucking tuffet. <laughs> oh, God, please, just take the money. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, I found out recently that he played uh, Jim Jones. Oh, my God. I, I did not know that. <laughs> I, thought, I have to fucking search for that movie. <laughs> Didn't people, like, at some point have to trust Jim Jones, though? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. If Scientology Oliver were like, why don't you join my fucking church? I'd be like, no, dude, no. Absolutely. It's a people's fucking temple. <laughs> I'm going to fly down to Africa. <laughs> I absolutely will not. <laughs> I'm not drinking anything you hand me. <laughs> That's crazy. Do you know where it was? Was it like a movie? Was I think it, it, TV, I think it was a TV it was movie. A t- I think it was like nominated for something. For, really? Yeah, it was like a, a TV movie in like either the early 80s or late 70s. Well, that could be totally... I remember looking I it up, I think it was though. the 70s. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to look that up because yeah. I, I love the story of Jim Jones. Let me know if you find it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, so Al, he, Al tells Adams like, all right, your message to the magistrate Claggett is go fuck himself. Uh, and Adams is like, look, the legislature wants to work with you. It's only Adams that knows about this warrant. Like, he's the only one. And mm-hmm. so Al's like, hmm, maybe he should die. <laughs> and Adams <laughs> is like, I think maybe yes. <laughs> uh, and they say like, oh, well, if he shows up here, if you go out when he comes back, he's going to be on his guard. If he knows that I was like not gonna play along, so Adams is like, "Well, okay, I'll I'll kill him over there then, <laughs> so he, you don't have to worry about that." Uh, uh, so and then Al says, "Like, I'll give you basically two thousand to do this," and uh, Adams is like, "Fuck you, two thousand! <laughs> like, that's worth at least twenty thousand. And Al's like, "Look, you can see this as an investment in your future, because if you show that I can trust you on this." then you can be like my permanent go-between with Yankton, and that's a whole lot of money coming your way uh, to, to with the camp being brought into the United States or whatever. Uh, EB sees this warmth <laughs> between the two of them, and he's uh, anxious because he put him in a room above the privy. <laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> uh... Now we get to Alma's room, and this is where Otis is saying that he's here to help her. He's kind of now we've talked before about how when characters interact with Sophia, it serves as kind of a litmus test. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> as much as they may, as much as they may be like covered in mud and swearing mm-hmm. and like uh, uh, shooting a gun off, like if they're nice to Sophia, they're like, okay, so they're mm-hmm. they're good, they're mm-hmm. fine. Otis is kind with Sophia, but the entire time he's interacting with her, he's like making little jokes and like showing her a little sleight of hand it's or like whatever. Tricking her, basically. Yeah. Being, yeah. <laughs> with the coin. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like every interaction, he's tricking her. Like he's. Mm-hmm. 
it's almost like a like the first stages of gaslighting where like mm-hmm. just like playing with her sense of reality um yeah richardson brings in the room key <laughs> richardson passes the sophia test <laughs> To much to my delight. Because we, were, we were talking earlier about uh, favorite characters in uh, uh, Richardson. He only exists to bring joy to you. So Otis brings up that the people back in New York, Brahm's family, thinks that Alma had Brahm killed. Alma keeps being like, well, I wasn't there. I didn't have anything to do with it. And her dad's like, well, you know, it looks pretty bad. And he keeps, like, probing, like, who's this Seth guy? When did you meet him? Did you meet him before Brom died or after? Oh, why And he was threatening about her situation, the way it looks in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was, I think he was kind of, like, setting up, like, hey, you need someone to be on your side with these people. Uh, And don't forget that right before their wedding, he was saying, like, Alma told the story where right before the wedding... Uh, her dad was kind of like, I think of you out there with him in the muck, you know, in this dirty mining town. And she made a comment, like, yeah. perhaps he'll die. Like, yeah. And oh, he's, he's totally not going to use that against her. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Perish the thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so which, he just got to town and already he's threatening her without yeah. even establishing, like, a, a relationship or even <laughs> attempting to help her in her dealings. Yeah. He. He is not a good guy. No. <laughs> he is thoroughly... And I think, yes, they have dinner in, with Seth. Yeah, yeah I'm waiting, this I'm waiting for that. Yeah. E.B. Farnham spots immediately. I know! Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know. it's a charlatan. I was like, holy fuck. E.B. has had very little contact with him, and he's already listing everything that this guy is. He's a chisel. <laughs> like, all these fucking weird terms that I've never heard before. Yeah, I, I was... Uh, we were talking earlier, we're like, uh, in that scene where he's like, the man's a round turn. <laughs> a clip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know half the words E.B. just said. Uh, it almost merely his pigeon. Like, yeah. <laughs> like a stool pigeon? That's different, though. I don't know. <laughs> I've noticed that anytime Alma's talking with Otis, she's talking like she was back when she was on Laudanum. Mm-hmm. Like, um... In those times where it was just like very halting and breathy mm-hmm. words, uh, he, oh, and she shows him this bit of gold, and you know he's just like, look. At, the minute she hands it to him, he like walks off with it to look at it in the light. But you see on her face, like, oh, there he goes. <laughs> and <laughs> as to he, be fair, it wasn't a little bit of gold. It was this giant brick of rock with gold yeah. veins going all through it and i was like holy fuck on today's market that would be worth a fortune mm-hmm. <laughs> and then as he goes to leave he still has it in his hands accidentally i'm sure <laughs> oops but she just is like dad you wanna <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh the gold all oh, right i completely forgot i had this eight pound rock <laughs> gold in my hand now we get to the number 10 we see the payoff of charlie saying how he's not making any friends as a fire marshal <laughs> he's talking to tom about the stovepipe going right into his wall and it's right there and and tom is like oh that had never been a problem before he's <laughs> like it's just pure dumb luck man and he's like the way this camp like everyone's built right next to each other and he's mm-hmm. like hazard one hazard all and tom 
Just like, oh, ain't you sound like a real government official? <laughs> completely <laughs> made sense. Yeah, it, it's completely reasonable. And he's like, oh, for the crying out loud. And like later, Khan's like, all right, it's been up there for going on two months now. Like, two months? <laughs> That's like, that also like made me go, holy shit, when you think like he was there before Al. Mm-hmm. So like this camp has sprung up super fast yeah <laughs> uh and i think we, we talked about in an earlier episode it's like a thousand people coming to town a day or something mm-hmm. like that it's wow just crazy um but uh charlie's argument is that like look man they pin this thing on me it's fire marshal mm-hmm. as long as i'm doing it like i'm not gonna let the whole camp burn down yeah um and actually the town of Deadwood in real life burned down like three times. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, and so uh, fuck you, Charlie. voted <laughs> <laughs> out at some point. And some of the recaps I was reading, they they brought up like on the AV club. They kind of brought up like maybe that's foreshadowing because Milch talked about how he wanted to have you know the fire run through um, at least once. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- Tom is mad about all that. He's like. He can't stand this government creep of, of like, <laughs> oh, that's what ran him out of Wilkes Bar. <laughs> Bureaucratic nightmare of Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. And he said, I just might keep moving along. It's like, where do you expect to go? Like, how? <laughs> Jesus, what kind of Ayn Rand motherfucker is like, <laughs> I got it. Uh, There's making me build it so my fire isn't right next to wood. <laughs> like,. Uh, then Khan brings up, like, uh, you know, why why don't we have a sheriff? Like, I could be sheriff, and, you know, if I was your sheriff, I could, you know, tell a fire marshal not to worry about any stovepipe that <laughs> has been perfectly safe for two whole months. <laughs> uh, and uh, he also says, like, I thought you know if any violence brought up any new business opportunities. Like, fucking great. <laughs> Very few marshals, like... Or sheriffs like set up their campaign on like I could be corrupt. I know. <laughs> He's creating a position to be corrupt instead of <laughs> taking over one that already exists. We know how David Milch feels about government. <laughs> it, I thought it was interesting. Like Con asks, like, how come we don't have a sheriff? And Tom says, Al Swearingen didn't want one. <laughs> that also shows. <laughs> pretty incredible power like oh should we have someone to enforce the laws like absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> not only will we not enforce them we won't even have laws. yes exactly uh but con asked tom to put in a word with him with al since <laughs> al hates his fucking guts uh so we go to Sai's office oh man talk about Sai being unlikable <laughs> so leon comes in <laughs> There's a great Powers Booth delivery of yeah. Leon, Leon, Leon. <laughs> what was it? Look who the fucking cat dragged. <laughs> and then we asked Leon, like, what's been going on? And Leon's like, I'm, I'm sure you know everything that's going on. And he does. And he's like, I want you to, I want to hear it from you because he has something else in mind. Right. Uh, so I, you know, Leon tells him what happened. He can spot that Al spared Leon on purpose. Because Leon was like, who's holding the straws? And Leon was like, Al was. And he told me, tell you what I saw. <laughs> so Sai like, immediately is like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but then Sai, uh, he's looking to, you know, push Wu out, basically. Because mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. we've established before in a few episodes, like Sai owns some land on in Chinaman's Alley. Mm-hmm. And in future episodes, we'll see what his plans are. 
and we'll know why he wants Wu out of the picture. So he uh, brings up with uh, Leon that what happened to Jimmy Iron. So that's a hell of a way to treat a white man. And there's a lot of these two episodes at the end. There's a lot of talk about white men mm-hmm. and their rights and their. Uh, it's very uncomfortable for <laughs> for me to, to watch. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> 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 um. But Sai says, like, oh, that's a hell of a way to treat you. Don't you agree, Jimmy? <laughs> He's like, yes. <laughs> uh, but he says, like, well, that's your new job. Voice your opinion and be convincing about it, saying, like, we need you to spread this race hate. <laughs> Which at that point, I didn't think he was capable of delivering messages in front of the public like that. I Leon? just thought he was, yeah, Leon. I thought he was just a fucking junkie. That Let me get drunk in a bar and- there's a bunch of other pioneering types mm-hmm. getting drunk with you. Like, they're pretty persuadable. <laughs> you on. <laughs> gotcha. Crowds, and especially drunk crowds, will look for someone to get mad at and will look for a reason to riot, I think. Uh, if your baseball team wins, <laughs> if your baseball team loses, <laughs> people look for any reason. Yeah. Uh, Somebody's wearing the wrong shirt. Yeah. Jersey. <laughs> Don't you hate pants? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, but uh, then we go to Al's office and Tom is there to pitch the idea of Con Stapleton as sheriff and uh, Al offers him some whiskey and Tom's like no yes very good like Leon Rippey is fantastic in this scene he says I think Con Stapleton should be sheriff and Al's like Fucking why? Like, oh, I figured it's a. I was like, oh, I figured it's inevitable. Like, How the fuck did that get to be inevitable? <laughs> um, but he says he, you know, Tom's trying to convince him. Like, look, we're gonna have a sheriff one of these days, and and we might as well have someone we know and can count on or whatever. And Al's like, look, nothing that Con Stapleton's got on you can't be solved by Dan Doherty. Yeah. Or just slit in his throat. Mm-hmm. And that's where uh, Tom just kind of confides that, like, look, the, I just feel like the camp's getting away from me. Like, um, I used to know everyone. We used to be fine. And now, like, there's, I feel like I don't know anyone anymore. And he keeps asking for more whiskey. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's worked um, up about it. He's like, I have to, I have to pay fines. And Tom recounts uh, when Al first showed up to camp uh, with your nickel booze and fifty cent pussy. Al's <laughs> those were getting a clean prices. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Tom said, like, well, I, I just came over and said hi. I didn't tell you to put sheet metal around your stovepipes. <laughs> and Al's like, you had your knife on you in case you didn't like what I had to say. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, but I didn't though. Yeah, that's very true, but <laughs> and also. You know, Dan Doherty made an impression on you. He's yeah. like, oh, it's true enough. <laughs> anyway, Al says, all right, we'll make him the goddamn sheriff. Fine, whatever. I don't care. Just don't count on him to be loyal and everything like that. The AV Club brought up something in their recap. They say the question of a government is a less frightening one if you know you have solid representative and a position of some authority, which is very interesting. You don't like, you hate government when it's just like this faceless thing mm-hmm. oppressing you quote unquote but if you know someone in in there uh and also this goes back to what 
Alan Sepinwall brought up about you can try and fix something and make it worse. Like, it turns out that Con Stapleton was decidedly not the answer that Tom Nuttall wanted. Mm. Um, but they try it. Uh, he's leaving and he asks out, like, can we swear him in at the gem? <laughs> Hal's like, fucking Christ. He's like, yeah, he just thinks he doesn't like you. He's like, yeah, I sure don't. <laughs> uh, he's like, just, he's like, fine. Like, don't expect me to come down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to come down for it. Um, while he's saying that, he sees Trixie leave. We follow Trixie out to the hardware store. Uh, she talks to Saul about, and there's a little bit of flirting about how she wanted an axe and a saw, but it wasn't for building or anything like that. Um, she offers him a free fuck, and he is kind of like, why, why do you gotta say it like that? And she kind of makes fun of him with the, like, please, Mr. Star, my cherry's getting in the way of my work. Can you take it from me? <laughs> he's like, all right. Okay, uh, I guess. <laughs> so he, he goes, you know, locks the door, and they go back. And at first, uh, she won't let him kiss her. Uh, I kind of wonder, I know that that's kind of a thing with prostitutes, but she seems, even when it's not transactional that she's like i don't i don't want you to kiss me and eventually she does mm-hmm. she don't want to fall in love man <laughs> yeah yeah she definitely like she, she definitely likes the guy yeah I mean, and she uses like, that you want a free fuck instead mm-hmm. of like i really like you and want to make love yeah. to you yeah. yeah uh so yeah i guess it's just, she doesn't want the intimacy right but he does and she relents seth comes in <laughs> <laughs> And this is, I said to Harry earlier, <laughs> say what you will about Seth. He's a, he's a good roommate. <laughs> just be like, uh, I was just, uh, I just came for this abacus. Yeah. Whatever the fuck it was. This is like excuse, a excuse tool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's this, like hilariously weird yeah. big thing. He's like, here we go. Yeah. This, 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 this quality ever. Uh, anyway, should I lock the door? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, you can lock the door. <laughs> now we go back to the gym, and EB is <laughs> swearing in Constable and the sheriff. Tom is there for some reason. <laughs> like, he's just standing behind there. Like, I don't think Tom has any position. But he's just like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm a way to go. <laughs> uh, Merrick is trying out his new camera, <laughs> which this is the first time he's used it, right? And already he's, like, irritating people with... Can you take that putrid <laughs> apron, apron, apron off? Apron off. <laughs> Tom's like, oh, no, let's drink. <laughs> um, so Bullock walks in and he asks for a whiskey. EB brings up like, oh, you just missed my swearing in of the new sheriff. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like, why is he sheriff? <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought we weren't going to have a sheriff. And EB's like, oh, had you designs on the post? And he's like, I don't want the post. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just saying, why, why? <laughs> Seth doth protest too much, I think. And then he just says, like, my wife and child are coming in from Missouri. Anyway, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, my wife and child will be here soon. And at first I was like, what? What does that have to... But he's saying, like, I don't want my wife and kid to live in a town where fucking Con Stapleton's a sheriff. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he goes up. Uh, he asks like where Al is. Oh, he missed the swearing in too. <laughs> and, uh, 
Khan's like, why didn't Al come down? <laughs> That's a good one. He uh, doesn't like me, does he? <laughs> <laughs> I love Tom trying to save it. Like, why didn't he come down? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's drink. There's an, another flash and they're startled and Merrick's got his camera. Yeah. <laughs> a candid moment. And they're all just like, the fuck? It's funny because like that stuff still happens with like cameras, but this mm-hmm. was like literally the first time right. this has happened. They've probably never people. been even photographed before. Yeah, we see Al out on his balcony, mm-hmm. and he sees uh, the Reverend in the street, and he's preaching to oxen, uh, checking if they're circumcised. Yeah, he's well. He's telling them that uh, uh, if you are circumcised and do not follow the law that is in a way uncircumcision but if you are uncircumcised and yet follow the law is that not its own circumcision of the spirit or it's a good point but he's making it to oxen yeah you know this is weighing on al and it will continue to well in the next episode but seth comes in he wants to know like why did you let that guy be sheriff uh and al's i i really don't care who has the post and seth's like a shit heel shouldn't be sheriff and al's kind of like i figured he should be because it's shit heels work yeah. <laughs> and al's kind of like not all sheriffs like <laughs> it doesn't have to it's not always like that <laughs> and al tells him like let me tell you something about the law it's like i all those bribes we sent out to all those goddamn councilmen or whatever i need to pay an extra five thousand to get a warrant lifted and now i find out that i need to pay even more to get it actually lifted i give you the law and Seth is still like, hashtag not all sheriffs. <laughs> now this, I think, uh, well, well, then Al says, like, you know what, though? If you were to be sheriff, I might actually believe what you say. Like, uh, if you tell me do this, do that, I might actually think about it because you're not a fucking whore. See, I might follow your, your career. You're one of those pains in the balls who thinks the law can be honest. Now, I thought this was interesting when Milch talked about writing the show. He talked about, he was always he always wrote for cop shows starting with like hill street blues and nypd blue really yeah and he talked about he created deadwood like he was talking about his whole life he wrote shows that dealt with law and order and like um the enforcement of the law and the you know upholding of order and deadwood is like okay here's a lady with no law at all and how do they make order out of that Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting that Al, even though he's a criminal, he's still kind of like, I would prefer a legitimate sheriff <laughs> just because like, even if I can bribe uh, this sheriff to do what I want, so can anyone else. And I, I can't trust him to have consistency. Um, and this is kind of an instance where the law needs to create the order with Khan in place. And we'll see next episode, Khan can help Psy kind of expanding his empire. Uh, Seth says, well, I don't want to do it. (laughs) And Al says, well, I do a lot of things I don't want to (laughs) do. There was an earlier episode where Al was talking about how most of life is just one vile fucking task after another. (laughs) But Seth is like, you think you're the only one (laughs) that has to do things they don't want to do. And that's where Seth is mad. And so he drops the info like, hey, I'm only here because my partner's fucking that whore. Your lady, basically. Yeah, and you can see Al, like... Whoa. Yeah, he really, like, freezes for a moment, and... 
Yeah. Uh, here, the AV Club had something. Um, they said uh, Milch is showing us the way that tiny acts can turn into seismic events from just a few well-placed pr- well ripples bumping into each other. So, like, mm-hmm. Seth doesn't even think about saying, like, my partner's fucking your whore. Yeah. But that has huge ramifications for Trixie and yeah. for Al and for a lot of other people with next episode, the way Al handles them because he's hot and he's distracted and, mm-hmm. and heartbroken and angry. Yeah. And yeah, in a sense, I mean, he doesn't, he won't even acknowledge her by name. And he like, we'll see in the rest of the episode, like he'll barely talk to her. Yeah. And immediately, you know, Seth walks out and Trixie walks by him. So it's back open. Uh, mm-hmm. we go back out to Al's balcony where he's mm-hmm. drinking some more and he sees the Reverend again, the Reverend's still preaching and you can see like, fuck man, Ian McShane's a good goddamn actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. can see that he's crying, but it's yeah. like, if I didn't have HD, I don't know if I would have been <laughs> able to tell. It's like, so his face looks exactly the same, but like. His, his eyes, eyes are a little watery, yeah. mm-hmm. and like there's a little bit of redness under his eyes. Mm-hmm. So he's like, like seriously hurt that Trixie doesn't love him. She loves Saul. Yeah, and also you know he looks down. He's trying to avoid looking at the Reverend because he has very strong feelings for the Reverend too, mm-hmm. and he can see that like he's just he's so far gone. In yeah. um, one of his eyes turned to, uh, blue, right? Was it always that? Thing? The reverends? Yeah. I know they've got a false eye because, like, one of the yeah. eyes is going askew. I didn't notice yeah. the color at all, but... Yeah, he, it's like... It's kind of a paler blue color. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, yeah, he, he kind of looks up and makes eye contact with Alan. You can see, like, he just has the full bottle of whiskey and just mm-hmm. chugging it. That is a great little scene. Like, that's one of those things, like... It's, it's one in many scenes in, like, mm-hmm. the second-to-last episode that, like... On any other show, that would be like, oh my god, do you remember that scene? Where it's like, in Deadwood, it's like, oh, that happened in that one. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, now we get to the hardware store and Seth is back. There's a great... I love the partnership of Seth and Saul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how well they work together. Like, uh, <laughs> so we already seen that Seth is like, awesome roommate he's like i'll lock the door on my way out sorry guys like now he comes in and he admonishes saul and he's probably right in this he's not being Mm -hmm. a hothead for once in his goddamn life yeah he's saying we got to deal with swear engine about how we use this building like and that's a really far callback like i'd pretty much forgotten about that yeah it's yeah. when they first got a license to build there right yeah there was like several episodes where he wouldn't give them a license to build because he's like i don't know what your intentions are with this place i don't want to be installing my own competition but and but they call all the way back to that and he's like don't forget saul and saul's like she just came in to get some stuff and things took a turn <laughs> and seth says that can happen and then saul says not twice, though, at this location. It's so quick and yeah. seamless. They're mm-hmm. like, you've got a problem. Here's my explanation. You explain. And we're resolved. Like, it's it's that fat. I'm like, oh, man, these guys are good together. Um, he says, maybe I'm not the only one that should be looking after a place. And he mentions that he's probably going to buy a piece of land from Hostetler. Um that's when Otis comes in and introduces himself to Saul and says, would you be uh, Mr. Bullock? He's like, no, uh, 
I'm not. I'm Saul Star. And Seth walks up. It's like, I'm Seth Bullock. And I just imagine Otis is yeah. <laughs> like what's going through his mind at that point when yeah. he sees Seth. Yeah. It's like, this man's going to beat the shit out of me <laughs> <laughs> at some point in the future. Uh, Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he invites Seth to dinner. He's like, uh, I appreciate the kindness you've shown uh, my daughter. wonder if I could take you to dinner. There's a great little like. Mr. Star, will you be joining us at dinner? Will you be able to come? <laughs> Saul again. I mean, thanks, but I can't. <laughs> I'll be. And just goes, regrettable. Uh, anyway. <laughs> like, I, I think they don't. Uh, Saul picks up that, like, this isn't for me. This is mm-hmm. for you guys. We go back to the gym, and Doc is kind of watching Jewel as she sweeps for a little while. And then she, you know, he says, hey, Jewel, first of all, I'm, I'm sorry about yelling at you earlier says, if we hold with the Greeks that we're made of humors, I guess my bile is in its ascendant. I feel like is fucking Shakespeare when that guy talks. And he... <laughs> what's what's Brad Dourif? Is that I don't, yeah, yeah. Fucking amazing actor. He's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did feel like that line is a little bit of Milch being like, mm-hmm. I know about the Greeks' uh, <laughs> theories on health. It's like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> But it's still, I mean, maybe I'm being too hard. Maybe I've watched too much Deadwood recently. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, like, he explains to her that, like, look, I was taught first do no harm. I don't want to make this contraption where you're, like, relying upon it, and then it ends up taking away what limited mobility you already have. Like, I don't want to fuck you up trying to help you, which is, you know, we've seen uh, all these other characters do. So he shows her the sketch that he made up, like, this This might help you. Oh, I also noticed when he says, like, first of all, I'm sorry for how I yelled at you earlier, she just mm-hmm. goes, okay. Like yeah. she, d- <laughs> It's not like, ah, don't worry about it. Like, mm-hmm. going back to how she's just been, like, berated and beat down by every other character, mm-hmm. she's just like, uh, I barely noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Downstairs, Alice kind of taking shots at Trixie like oh how was your visit with the little girl was she doing well was she advancing talking she's just like yeah <laughs> like you look more relieved more relaxed everyone needs to get out you can't work all the time she's like okay I'm out of here but yeah she's uh, he's pissed at her uh, but she does, she hasn't picked up that he knows yet I think she does by the end I oh think yeah, she, yeah. I, uh, like well, no. By the end of him saying it, like when he says, "like oh, you look more relaxed," she's just like, "uh, yeah." I think he really like reams her out mm-hmm. in this, you know, scene. I think by the end, like Trixie knows Al well enough to know, like, "fuck," he's he probably knows, maybe not, but she finds out pretty soon after. Uh, did they talk again in the episode? I can't remember. Really quickly, when Saul comes by. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, that's yeah. about it. Yeah. After that, he tells her, like, you sleep with your own kind. Right. That's what I was trying to think. Yeah, but um, Doc is leaving, and Al asks him, like, what were you doing with, with Jewel? And he said, uh, yeah, he says, uh, <laughs> I've been helping her. <laughs> she told me she was pregnant. I figured <laughs> that was her gimp sense of humor. <laughs> But uh, Doc says, like, look, she wanted this brace for her leg because she doesn't, because her dragging it bothers you. And he said, what did you say about that? And he said, I told her not to worry about your moods. 
that you generate those yourself, then you could generate your excuse for having them. <laughs> Swearingen like, basically says, you're lucky you're good with pussies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, saucy words, Doc. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, all right, Al. And he says, well, if you treat her as well as you did the minister, she'll be cooking up her heels in no mm. time. Yeah. Which is Al lashing. Because Al right now is so... He is off the rails completely. Yeah. With his despondency over the reverend. With, you know, what's going on with Trixie. Worrying about, you know, whether or not he can trust Adams. Yeah. He is flying off the rails. And Doc can tell. He says, I will leave you to pursue another excuse mm-hmm. for your bad mood. Uh, and he soon does because he tells Johnny go fetch Saul. <laughs> I think we laughed at Johnny was walking somewhere else. He goes Johnny, <laughs> just like sna- like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like he's like walking right in and then he spins around, walks right the fuck out. <laughs> he's like <laughs> he he's a good worker. He's a- <laughs> now we go to the Grand Central Restaurant and uh, E. B. and Richardson are <laughs> Richardson got that great top hat. Oh man, <laughs> he's all dolled up. Surprised it didn't like have the flap yeah. open and like had a big toe sticking through his back. Flapping Dickie or whatever yeah. it's called. It's a really cartoonish hobo attire. It's almost like he dressed up a dog. <laughs> a dog from one of the little yeah. rascal shorts. Yeah. <laughs> that fake hand comes in. And, like... Rhubarb pie. <laughs> but, yeah, the Garrett's have rented out the dining room, which is. Probably sucks for everyone else because it's like the only restaurant. <laughs> they, yeah. Wrote, yeah. they roped it off, and the sign says "Occupied, eat somewhere else." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something eat like somewhere that. else. <laughs> like, what the hell? This was before like like PR departments of like like please uh, dine later. So like it just had... that is just like scram. <laughs> one color paint and one paintbrush. Yeah. yeah, he makes another little joke with Sophia where he's poured some whiskey into his drink and he like fakes to pour it into her milk. And like, it, I don't know if this is intentional or if it's just working with a child actor. Like it cuts to her and she's not smiling. <laughs> she's just like, <laughs> okay. I'm impressed. So Otis brings out, uh, brings up like, oh, so uh, Almy tells me you were employed uh, by Wild Bill. He's like, how did you know him? Like, you just met him and you, like, he can vouch for your character in such a short amount of time. Mm. And Alma explains, like, they helped rescue Sophia and they brought the man who killed her family to justice. And that's he's like, and uh, how is this justice meted out? And Seth very quickly is like, we shot <laughs> and it cuts to Alma and she has this like look of like smug pride like at her dad I feel like Alma's fallen for Seth obviously I feel like she's looking at her dad like this is a real man this isn't some craps shooting you know charlatan mm-hmm. uh, who or maybe comparing him to her ex-husband her dead husband <laughs> yeah. oh man <laughs> talk about say <laughs> Brom. <laughs> yeah but also I, I yeah that's a very good point like this is not uh my new york dandy <laughs> that's when eb brings in dinner he's got some beef uh, some uh, meat off the chuck it looks really good looks like a good goddamn steak man yeah, it, it is big and greasy uh he offers them some postprandial cigars which i definitely had to google mm-hmm. postprandial and like i wrote down this kind of a laurel and hardy routine with him and richardson like get back in the kitchen <laughs> like, 
And that's when Otis really presses Seth. I'm like, do you think Alma should go back to New York? And Alma's like, hey, I'm right here. I made a decision. All right. Seth is kind of like, look, if she wants to go, her stuff would be looked at here. But, you know, it's up to her. I was like, yes, it is up to me, and I'm not going back to New York. Now we see the EB. This is where we see EB spotted, like... Norman Bates? The man's a... Sh- <laughs> the man's a charlatan, Richardson. A cheat, a broad tosser, and a clip. I only wonder if the daughter's been in it with him, or she's his pigeon. May I look, Mr. Farnham? Yes. When you've grown a full head of hair. Uh, yeah, and E.B.'s kind of wondering, like, is Alma in on it? Or is, like, imagine, like, pulling one over on your own flesh and blood. Even a bridge too far, even for E.B. Farnham. <laughs> uh, then we go to the gem, and this is where Saul comes in. And uh, Al gives him that, like, you owe me five dollars. Mm-hmm. Seven if you ask, fucker. <laughs> Which that is Al lashing out. But yeah. that's, he's just lashing out. Okay. Uh and uh Saul is so even tempered he didn't even really put up a fight about it. Well he, he did. He uh, you know he, he protested like, I'm not, I'm but not he paying didn't... you. Yeah. He he does relent when he says, either you pay or she does. Right. right. And then he's like he has no he can't take her away from there and like right. save her and he's like fine i'll give you your fucking money but there's a bit with al saying like who could blame you like everyone needs some some company someone to be next to him who isn't trying to rob him or murder him and it's clearly al saying like trixie is very important to me because she's like a partner i can trust her she is intelligent and i enjoy her company and he's like Someone fucks with that, and you get testy about it. Uh, so yeah, that's Al talking about himself as he talks about talks to Saul, and he gives him the you know either you pay or she does. So Saul finally throws the money on the counter and walks out. Um. So now we go to Alma's room. Uh, Do you think Trixie knew it was over at that point? Between her and Al, yeah. I don't know. I I don't. At one point, oh, okay, so also with Saul, it's something completely new for her. It's either she's thinking, oh, this will blow over once Al gets out of his mood, or she might be like, I have Saul now, I don't need Al. I don't, I really don't care about Al. Because even if she had feelings of affection for Al, it was still her pimp. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. a guy who literally bought her from somebody. Yeah, now we're at in Alma's room, and Otis and Seth are having their postprandial cigars and <laughs> and constitutions walking around. And Alma's explaining to Sophia about the life of a woman. She says, "Now we, if we had a kitchen, we'd retire to do the dishes and gossip about the most mundane topics, while the men discussed much more important matters." And then it has that line, "And incidentally, decide our fates." Which is, okay, David Milch is hip to first wave feminism. (laughs) (laughs) Otis says that he didn't know Brom very much, but he recognized uh, that he loved Alma and doted on her. And he says, uh, I thought I might 
hope the same for her with you. And Seth is like, uh, married. That's no dice there. Um, and that's where Otis says, like, look, man, no judgments. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. And Seth is kind of like, I'll be telling you good day. <laughs> uh, Otis is like, por que lo, no los dos. <laughs> so Seth is caught up to EB's assessment of Otis at this point. Uh, at the Bell Union, Cy is running the craps table that's usually Eddie's, since, as we had mentioned, Eddie has taken a break after witnessing brutal murders. Uh, and Cy is... Yelling at some hoobahead like you keep your fingers off the fucking felt, <laughs> like, <laughs> and the the guy's like, even though it's it's like some you know hoobahead low life, he's like, Jesus, dude, fine, God. <laughs> uh, Eddie comes up like, hey, I'll take back over if you have me, and but first Eddie likes like you better apologize what you said about me fucking children, and Eddie's like, ah, oh, come on, Eddie, it's just yeah, you know how I am, and Eddie's like. Okay. Apology accepted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good enough for me. Uh, then we see Leon at the bar. He's getting all the other Hoobleheads riled up about. Let's let's get through this. Yeah. <laughs> this language is so bad. He's getting them riled up over Jimmy being turned over to Woo. And Sai has to come over and be like, "Hey, you like tone it down a little bit. A little bit. I mean, keep going. <laughs> you're I mean, great, but... you're fine, but let's come on, man." Uh, you're not trying for the Oscar here. Hmm. Uh, Joni comes in, says hi to Eddie, and Eddie like kind of tells her that, oh, I've palmed $80 in chips already uh, from the table, which this is just like, oh, man, don't stop, dude. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> um, but Cy comes over and takes Joni aside and says, uh, why don't you look over at Cochran's Alley for places for your for your joint? She says, oh, it's all bought up by Chinese. And he says, well, we never know how that shakes out. So mm-hmm. that's Sai just hinting at his plans with, you know, Jimmy. Not Jimmy. Leon. Um, then we go to the hardware store. Seth is saying that he's convinced. Like, that that guy's not here to help the widow, Garrett. Like, he's a piece of shit. Uh, Saul says, like, uh, I had to go over to the gym and pay Al for, for Trixie. I guess she had to tell him where she was, and that's when Seth admits, like, it was me. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just that stupid. Like, I'm the lip sink your shit. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's really, like, look, I was really pissed off at Con, and I shot my mouth up, and I didn't think, and it was... Uh, stupid of me and they kind of like immediately make up which is just another one of their like great partnership Mm -hmm. scenes where it's uh it's like sorry Alma's dad turned out to be a shit heel okay and now we've reached the last scene of the episode and this is kind of momentous scene (laughs) because this is the first of what became like a trope with Deadwood of the shall we call it a blowjob a log a soliloquy <laughs> it's a sex position scene yeah. uh which became kind of a hbo trope yeah uh with game of thrones yeah. now mm-hmm. but uh it became kind of, i think there was even like an article in the new yorker or some shit about blowjob monologues on hbo yeah uh and watching this again i was like 
holy shit, this is really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's an incredibly good scene. Yeah. <laughs> and Ian McShane's playing it is so good. Everything from the, like, <laughs> talking to the whore, like, your job is to shut the fuck up <laughs> and suck my dick <laughs> and... Also, whoa. don't talk. Whoa, you got somewhere to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got stage coach to catch. <laughs> yeah. Is this also the first uh, time we've seen Al with somebody else other than Trixie? Yeah, I'm pretty and, sure. And so he starts off like at the other side of the room, like getting ready. He's like, okay, now you just stay there and you shut the fuck up. She says one thing. She says like one thing. And I, all she says is like, yes or something. He's like, what the fuck? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't be sorry. Don't look fucking back because... Believe me, no one gives a fuck. You understand? Yeah. Shut the fuck up, huh? Give me that. <laughs> and it's this great, like, he's laughing it off, mm -hmm. but he's also, like, furious and pissed drunk. And he's playing, like, all those things yeah. perfectly. And first off, he's talking about, like, that reverend's got to die. Like, he's, he's, there's... He's just making a jerk out of himself, and, you know, there's no use crying about it and being a little baby. You just gotta, you know, cut it off and move on. You think, and he goes in talking about when he got, um, when he bought all the whores and before they headed out to Laramie, he's, you know, I knifed some cop. Did you have any idea I knifed it? No, because I don't fucking look back and I don't talk about the past. I move forward. And that's when he, he goes into his backstory. Now I'll tell you something you don't know. Before she ran a girls' orphanage, fat Mrs. fucking Anderson ran the boys' orphanage on fucking Euclid Avenue. Because I'd see her fat ass waddling out the boys' dormitory at 5 o'clock in the fucking morning. Every fucking morning after she blew a stupid fucking cowbell and woke us all the fuck up. And my fucking mother dropped me the fuck off there with $7.60 some odds fucking cents on her way to sucking cock in, in Georgia. <laughs> and I didn't get to count the fucking cents before the fucking door opened. And there... Mrs. Fat-Ass fucking Anderson, who sold you to me. I had to give her $7.60-odd fucking cents that my mother shoved in my fucking hand before she hammered one, two, three, four times on the fucking door and scurried off down fucking Euclid Avenue, probably 30 fucking years before you were fucking born. Like, he can tell, like, I, he, this whole time he's like, I don't look back, I don't fucking care, but he remembers the exact... Mm -hmm number of times his mom, mom knocked on the door and the god that's just <laughs> and uh in his book stories from the black hills david milch talks about how that amount of money has just like weighed on al's conscience of like is that what i'm worth yeah is that like the number attached to my existence is that seven dollars and sixty something i wasn't even able to count it all up mm-hmm uh, and he tells her that story and he finishes and he just gives a little anyways and that's the episode mm -hmm. man that is a good episode of television <laughs> yeah I'll probably finish the series <laughs> <laughs> it's been torture for me not to just like blow through the entire series yeah and, uh, I'm having to you know, take it one at a time because there's 
I have to watch a lot and take a lot of notes. I just can't go that fast. You're at broadcast speed at this point. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I am. Once a week you're getting an episode. Exactly. And it's, you know, I like to take shows like that from time to time, but with this I'm like just so engrossed. And mm. it's better with how rich each episode is and the dialogue to just like slow down and, you know, savor every morsel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So, Gabe. Yeah. Thoughts on this episode. It was amazing. But I, you know, when you're not in the process of watching something this amazingly good, uh, I mean, it pulls you in with its quality. And now I'm, I'm in love with it all over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But anyway, that is episode 11. Do we have any other closing thoughts on this episode before we get to the finale nope. next week? Thanks for having me. Gabe, uh, thanks for thanks being for here. here. A yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, this and was... I got to watch a show that I love. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's good to have uh, someone who hasn't been there for a long time and is coming back to it. So that's good. Um, yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, so be sure to check out Revenge of the World. You can find that podcast... Uh, on our Mockingbird website, along with all of our other podcasts, it's uh, MockingbirdNetwork.com. And you have a SoundCloud, is that right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of separate? Yeah, uh, you can just go to RevengeOfTheWorld.com and everything we do is straight off of it, that website. Social media links and all? Yep, everything's there. Cool, so check out Revenge of the World. Uh, of course, go to MockingbirdNetwork.com. We've got a Facebook page now we just set up. Uh, some of you already beyond that but if not already you know go to our facebook follow us we got the dankest uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh deadwood memes uh we've got uh, our twitter account also um uh, we've got we want to thank everyone that's following us on twitter mm-hmm. we're getting a lot of feedback um uh, give a special shout out to our self-proclaimed number one fan uh <laughs> His name is Liberty. That is Liberty RPF. Oh, wow. Uh, claims to be our biggest fan. So, folks, uh, there's a competition going now. <laughs> see if anyone Liberty. can beat Liberty. Don't die uh, that gauntlet. So, in just a word, really quick, after the finale episode next week, we're probably going to do a recap episode of all of season one. Uh, if you have questions you'd like us to answer or uh, anything like that, hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter. You know, we'll, I don't think we'll be overwhelmed, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, if if there's any specific things you'd like us to talk about from the season, uh, let us know. Uh, Thank you to everyone. I got a question. Yeah. Yeah. Does Adams have a nickname? I couldn't remember last night. I don't think so. Wasn't it something like Hawkeye or some shit like that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it was just Adams. All right. I could, be forgetting something that Ms. Isring has on them or something. But, uh, yeah, so go to iTunes. If you're not, if you are subscribed, like, we could really use uh, rates and reviews. That would be the best thing to help us out right now. Uh, other than that, we will see you next week for the finale of Devon Season 1, Sold Under Sin. Until next time, we'll see you later.
Um, he's he uh, he's asked. Hey, <laughs> Brenda's bringing us water. Thank you, Brenda. Thanks, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda. <laughs> uh, 